Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends. I am so thankful to have a sweet newer friend, but I just love her so much, Natasha Smith with us today. We're going to be talking about her new book. I actually have it here if you're watching on video. Can you just sit with me? It's so beautiful, but it's about a hard topic, healthy grieving for the losses of life. And Natasha, we're going to be talking about this. But first, before we get into the topic, just share a little bit about yourself. Yes. First, thank you so much for having me today, Tricia. Um, it's such an honor just to sit and chat with you. So thank you so much for having me. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I'm an engineer turned homeschooler. And <laughs> that's I love funny, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a grief advocate. Like I really do have a passion for the hurting and those who have been um you know, impacted by loss and grief and are traveling and navigating that road. And so hence, I wrote this book that I have. Can you just sit with me? Yeah, Um, I appreciate it. I love that. And I love your heart. Your heart just comes through in the book so much. It's just like, I just want to give you a hug as I was listening to the audiobook. I got the book and then I got the audiobook. (laughs) Um, But it's such an important topic. And I think every year it's just heartbreaking stories we see close friends we have losses currently my grandma's 94 and she's completely bedridden so I'm having to feed her and change her and I know that the loss of her like you know to death is going to come soon but there's already so much loss like it's so much loss that she can't someday she doesn't know who I am so there's those losses and then this year um, and I'm sure you hear all the stories, but this year, really good friends of ours lost their 16 year old son yeah. um, in a swimming pool accident. And we were able to, John and I were able to go sit with them in the ICU room. And it's just like, I want to be there. And often we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. And I'd love that you're like, just sit with me. Let me just, just listen. So where's your heart behind this? And tell us a little bit about your story leading up to this book. Yes. Thank you so much. It's, it's been such a hard season for so many, as you mentioned. And um, and so my heart behind it is really just the immensity of losses that I've experienced. Um, I sat with grief for over 30 years. And again, it always, something within me, it surprises me every time I say that because um, just the amount of loss that I experienced. So just some of those losses were, were the death of two of my older sisters and then the death of my dad. So it's kind of like half of my immediate family is, is gone. Yeah. Um, and then the murder of my nephew was just was just so traumatic, you know. Um, and then miscarriage, stillbirth, um, just so many losses. And, and I wanted to kind of even including in that is the living losses that I've experienced. And you've kind of hinted at living losses when, when you're talking about your, your grandmother, um, because we grieve and, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical death or a physical loss, but we grieve those living losses. And so I had, um, grieved the loss of career, 
mm-hmm. loss of identity, and even now still kind of grieving the loss of some dreams or expectations. And so it's um, it's just so many things. But that pivotal turning point in from taking it from sitting with the grief to writing it all out, it was 2020. And it was a turning point of saying everything that I've been feeling on the inside, I'm actually seeing in our world and our culture. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it was like a crazy connection of connecting those things, you know, death, darkness, um, just feeling so chaotic on the inside and I'm seeing it play out in real life. And so I had to let the grief out. And so that's really what kind of spurred on the writing of the book. Yeah. That year, everybody (laughs) grieved something. So, you know, I I remember going, I led a Bible study once and it was after my grandpa passed away in 1999 and it was on heaven by Randy Alcorn. It was a great Bible Mm. study. And this lady's sitting there and everyone's talking about losses and we get looking for to heaven and she's beautiful. She was a young she had one son that was about five and she's sitting there she's like I don't know I've just never really had loss like I've never lost a close person Mm. my husband has makes a lot of money we like and I'm like someday you will I know (laughs) and it's so it's so hard when you say that but but 2020 everybody like everyone there wasn't a person that wasn't touched by something it's so true and I think that's important to kind of acknowledge as we're doing today, um, because at some point, everyone will be affected and experience some type of loss, whether it is a loss of someone or something. Yeah. And it could just be little things. Like this year we started doing co-op and I realized my kids, my younger three have dyslexia and they just cannot keep up. And it's just fighting. And finally, I get to the point where, you know, fighting with them to do their yeah. homework. And it's just so hard. And other kids are progressing and they're struggling. And I speak at conferences, homeschool conferences. I'm like, what advice would I give another mom? I'd mm. be like, I know you'll enjoy the co op and the parents and the kids, but take that kid home, pour into them. And so I, we had to step down from co op. And literally, I was like, I just want to cry for days. Yeah. I love that community Aww. and they're still friends. It's not yeah, like we're not friends yeah. anymore. But then uh, just the other day, because we're on a, we have a, a group me thing. Yeah. And I went to go post something and I realized I've been taken off because of course we're not in that community. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it was just like this, but it's those little things too. Yeah. Like sometimes it is a death, a big thing, but those little things, we just like, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad. Like this isn't the season of homeschooling that I thought it could be. And we have to do things differently. We're yeah. trying to figure out how to pivot, but God is there. And it seems silly to be talking about like homeschool co-op, but I oh, just no. want to just like everybody right now probably has a loss. Yes. Maybe they can't go and and go on the vacation they were hoping for this year. I mean, it, it just, it can be anything and we're facing this. Yes. I love that you mentioned that for one, I'm a homeschool mom. So I yeah. have different, you know, we could have a ton of stories on homeschooling. Yes. Um, but, you know, when we think of, and I think it comes from our society a little bit, you know, smaller losses and bigger losses, but they're really all important. And so one thing that um, was important to me was to kind of create this definition of what grief is. And in mm-hmm. inside my definition, I mentioned that it stems from an undesirable um, an undesirable event. And so that yeah. kind of like opens it up to be, it can be anything, 
what is it? What what is grief to you then? You know, what is grief to me? And then that it makes so much more space for people to be like, okay, this happened to me and it was crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm hurt. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I need to grieve and process this, and it's okay. Yeah. And I want to also talk about, because you talk about this in the intro too, Yeah, just racial injustice. Yes. Because um, I'm white. So I think a lot of people that don't face that, don't grow up with it, don't understand it. We moved. I grew up in California, which we were very ethnically diverse. I have friends, but also that I think about it, um, there was different sections of town where people lived, even though it was like 3,500 yeah. people. So looking back now, I like we were racially diverse. We all love each other. But then we kind of all went to our separate parts of town, which kind of tells you something. But then we went to Montana, which there's no racial diversity, like hardly any. And then we moved to Little Rock. And like, first of all, the Little Rock Nine and the racial injustice in 1957 went to the museum. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even learn about it in school. And then going to church, we went to a multi-ethnic church. And again, I love all the diversity. And this one sermon just really stands out to me where the pastor said, and he's, he's white too. Um, but we have a, a mixed congregation and he's like, if you've ever been pulled over in your car about because of your race and questioned, stand up. If you've ever been followed in a store, stand up. If you ever had a racial slur, stand up and around the room. And these are our pastors, our Mm. deacons, women that I'm in Bible study with. And I just remember sitting there thinking I had no idea. And so um, I've had good, one of my dear, dear friends is African-American, 70 year old woman. She led teen mom support group with me years. And I would just sit there and listen to her share her stories. And like, I had no idea, but I think sometimes we think, oh, it's not a thing today or, you know, they just need to get over it. What? No, this is like a real thing today. And I know you mentioned that. I think sometimes grieving is like if we're in grief, it's even harder when there's people saying it's not a thing. You should get over it. It's not that big of a problem (laughs) or whatever. So that even makes it worse. Like no one would say that if you you lost a family member. No one would say that. But there's other things that we're going through that people just aren't, don't understand. And so talk about that a little bit, because there's the grief that everyone's like, oh, you're grieving. I understand that. But then there's also the level of grief where they don't understand. And they're saying sometimes it's just they don't understand and it just comes out wrong. Sometimes people are malicious with their words. So yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you you brought that up. And so I want to kind of start with disenfranchised grief, just talking about those mm-hmm. um, those losses that are kind of deemed by society or that some people deem as not being worthy to be grieved. Mm-hmm. And so racial injustice is, is sometimes often that that thing where is, you know, if um, someone of color, you know, says that something has affected them deeply and they're saddened by it. And so, you know, someone else comes alongside and say, oh, you know, you know, that's not that bad, you know, or, you know, we've come a long way from, you know, how it used to be. Those things aren't helpful and they can be more, do more harm than good. Um, I know even in my book, you know, I, I, I kind of tackle it and, and really do, I don't even go in that much depth, but I talk about 2020 in my book and mm-hmm. in this chapter, um, that talks about longing for home and it talks about all the injustices that were just taking place in 2020 alone, which was 
an immense amount for that right, period of right. time on top of, again, a pandemic and mm-hmm. a political year. And so um, it, it wasn't like it was something that was hidden and that, you know, only Black people could see or you yeah, know, white yeah. people could see. I mean, the whole world can see all of this kind of chaotic thing that was unfolding in this injustice, right? Mm-hmm. And so I included it in the book because it was a time where Black people, brown people were hurting from what yes. was happening, a legitimate <laughs> pain, yeah, yeah. a pain point. And so to to kind of gather that um, some people may be, it's, it's interesting to me that some people could be offended by someone else's hurt. Yeah. And I say that because I received like a, a few one-star reviews on my book and that issue was noted Mm. that I should have left race out, you know, that it was, um, that I was being political and it's, it's, it was just so interesting to me because I'm like, that's kind of the, the point of the, the point of the book. Can you just sit with me? Because this is one of the types of losses that I'm experiencing that I have experienced that people continue to experience, you know? Um, and so, to me, it it is it just makes it challenging for yeah, like, yeah. go ahead and read the rest of the book. Read the rest and, of the and, book. And read, read about what how you should have responded to me right now. <laughs> it's so true. That's not what I needed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's I think it, it comes, it's like, how can we honor each other's losses? Mm-hmm. And how can we honor each other's grief? You know? Um, again, the the essence and theme of the book is can you just sit with me um, to learn, to listen, and to understand? Because I know um, even what you were saying just a, a few minutes earlier was that maybe they don't understand, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, read the rest of the, read the entire book, <laughs> yeah. and then we can kind of, maybe, you know, you'll get some understanding on, for one, how others may suffer or how others may be hurting and better ways to respond. Yeah. So good. Okay. Let's talk about that sitting with us because, um, you know, I mentioned we were able to go and be with our friends and sit in the ICU room with their son who was brain dead and they're just you know waiting kind of for things to naturally happen. And I remember on the way there, I'm like, what am I going to say? Hmm. What am I going to do? How am I going to, I can't make things better. Like how, like I want to fix it. I think we all want yeah. to fix something yes. <laughs> and I, there's nothing I can fix. Right. But we were there and we sat there and those three days in that room were so precious. We just sat and sometimes we talk and they say something. Sometimes they say sorry. Sometimes we're like joking about something that has nothing to do with the death, yeah. which is like kind of weird, but they needed to, like sometimes we're crying and I didn't fix anything except it was a joy being there. I felt such peace in the room knowing that God was there with us. It was harder being home and thinking about the anguish that they were going through than it was actually just sitting with them. Mm. Um, So let's talk about that. Just the, I think sometimes we want exactly the right thing to say. (laughs) We want to fix something, but talk about what sitting and just being present does. Yes, um, it's, it's powerful and it's underrated, right? Just mm-hmm. our presence. Uh, and I think it is that um, kind of the ability to be still with others. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as we're kind of sitting in the presence of God, you know, we kind of know, you know, we're two or three together, God is with us. And so I really believe like, as we sit with others, God is really sitting with us and he's ministering to our spirits as we sit with them, even if it's in the silence, right? And if they need a shoulder to cry on, then you're there. If they, if you just want to grab hold of their hand, so like so many things, like the power of touch as well to just grab a hand that can mean so much. Like someone literally cares about what is happening. Um, and then the presence too, just being there, the presence without any words at that particular moment, it means someone cares about what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing and walking. It's like, it's the sitting with them saying that I'm going to be here to weep with you, to mourn with you, you know, um, during this hard, hard time frame. And it felt like a privilege mm. that we wow. were able to be there during that time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't looking forward to it. I was thankful I could be there, but after I left, I missed being there. That's, mm. that's such a weird thing to miss being with your friends at their son's bedside. <laughs> like when he's in the ICU and not going to survive. Yeah. But, it was like the presence of God was there because we were yeah. all believers. There was people that would come and go. There was doctors to give talk about different things. There was people that came in. His youth group came in. They'd worship time. Um, when I came home, I'm like, I miss being there. I miss mm. being in that still presence because you have to come back to all the do cooking dinners yeah, and doing yeah. laundry. But we were just sitting. Like we'd go get food, have food delivered or whatever. Yeah. But we can just sit and we don't do that enough. We don't just have that time where we can sit in God's presence. We can laugh and cry and just be there. And I missed it when I came home, I missed. And so it's just a good reminder that we can be there physically, but also maybe a phone call, Mm -hmm. writing a note, a zoom call. I've done, we've done zoom calls with our friends. Like, how are you doing? They're like, like crap, we feel horrible. I'm like, (laughs) that was a dumb question. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's just, that connection, like, yeah. don't be afraid to connect, even though it's going to be awkward or you feel it's going to be awkward because yes. usually it ends up being beautiful and a privilege. Yes. I love that you said um, it's usually like a fear that's kind of holding us back, but don't be afraid to reach out and even to to ask them about their person, you know, if it is a the loss of a loved one. Um, I, I continue to hear that over and over and it's, and it resonates deeply with me for someone to ask me about my sister, ask me about my dad or, or just share a story about them. I mean, it is like so powerful. So don't be afraid to do those things as well. Yeah. And I think we love sharing about the one because we miss them, but we they like the special things they did in our lives. And so, yeah, we love sharing the stories or, I talk about like, I just met their son. Like I knew them well, but I only yeah. met their son one time and he was like so concerned for his little sisters. Like, have you seen him? Cause we were at a big convention. It was a homeschool convention. And they're like, yeah, he was always watching out for his sister. So then they're able to talk about him yeah. and his personalities and his care for his sisters. And we we're able to talk about his three little sisters. So, you know, even if you didn't know that person, well, you could start with, Oh, I remember when you told me this, or I remember how about this, or, you know, I, I think it's just, and they might say, I can't talk about that now. Yeah. And that's okay, too. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's okay, absolutely. Too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we, you know, I talked about like the physical sitting there. And then I mentioned like maybe a phone call and stuff. What are things that we can do to really let people know that we love them and that we care and that we could be there during their losses? 
I think, um, and I list several in the book, um, just as some quick examples, because sometimes, well, how we're kind of discussing that we don't know what to do. Um, But just offering helping hands, kind of being, think, hands and feet of Jesus, um, whether it is dropping off meals, that has always been like a winner for me. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to think about food tonight and my people are getting fed. We're good. Yes. Yeah. And even um, in that same vein, I want to talk about the um, when someone is like at the hospital so that there hasn't been a physical death yet, you know, but there, there is a lot of maybe a waiting that's going on and people are in waiting rooms, you know. Mm-hmm. Even those times to to bring food, offer food, offer um, cleaning someone's house, you know, just all those type of um, acts of kindness, basically, yeah. that we can do that we don't have to ask them what they need, but the acts of kindness that we ourselves can think of what we would like, you know, um, provided for us in our times of need that we can just offer to them. Mm-hmm. Like, don't try to put, don't put the onus on the griever to tell you exactly because that's yeah. a, just another more you know um has a potential to make them feel even you know more and, they, and often they don't know what they want or need, yes. or they don't know how to ask for it um they could you know oh i'm really tired of this cafeteria food or it's just so maybe they're not thinking of it they just don't know what they need absolutely offering offering can definitely help i know um, they had friends just sending them like DoorDash gift cards. Yes. They are. They're just staying up at the hospital. So they could just text them a DoorDash gift card and know that they could provide a meal, even if they're not home to accept a meal because they were in the hospital for over three weeks. Oh um, so, you know, just so such hard things. Um, and if we see something on television about another racial injustice, which sadly we are going to see stuff because the world is like the world is yeah um i'll just call or even text a friend like i just saw the news how are you doing how are you doing about that you know just those little things i think can let people know that we're thinking that we care that we understand like we may not feel the pain ourselves in the same way but we understand that they are feeling the pain and yes um, yeah that is so beautiful that's i mean it really just um goes another level of being compassionate, showing empathy. You know, I, I love that. I'm like, I would love for a friend to <laughs> send me a message next time, Trisha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will. I will. I will do that. Um, and also uh, another thing, think about, um, I know we just went through the holiday season and gifts. I, um, got our friends and then a couple other friends that I knew that had losses this year, a grieving journal, just a memory mm-hmm. journal for the, the person that they could, and they can choose to use it or not use it. And maybe it's five years from now that they're, they're going to pick it up and want to write stories and share stories. But just to let them know that this is, I'm thinking of them. I know it's hard. And so, you know, just getting those things, putting them in the mail. I actually have them available on my online shop just for that reason. Like I have my books oh, and then here's, this, here's yeah. this grieving journal, which doesn't <laughs> seem like something that really ties in. But just to let people know that um, this is something that they can do to to reach out to a friend to help a friend during that time because it's, it's so important and you know takes a couple bucks to put that in the mail yeah I mean, buy it but put it in the mail and just know that they will have that that they can use and help process their grief so mm-hmm. yes I love that so much it's just again just those acts of kindness that will be 
you know, these reminders that someone is, is still thinking of me, especially even after, um, you know, our funeral, you know, cause a mm-hmm. lot of times we're down the road and it's like, where did everybody go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for, to receive a, a thoughtful gift in that way would be so special. Yeah. And I know that, you know, also if you know, some of those, um, days are coming up, yes. you know, maybe the date of the accident that whatever, or the date of the, when your the loved one passed away, I've, I've seen friends on Facebook saying, Oh, um, I know your daughter would have been 23 today. And I'm like, that is so special that they remembered that day that they thought of that person that they posted on their timeline. Um, you know, that I think that means a lot to you that if you put a note in your calendar of yes. those things and put a reminder. Like we have all these technology things that can help <laughs> so us. So true. So help us, right? Yeah. Put a reminder um, of, of those things. And again, just shoot a note, shoot a, a message. Um, I think those things can really make a big difference. Yes. I love that so much. I know my husband, um, I mean, he started obviously a little ways back, but he made note of those different Mm -hmm. dates. And so it's been very meaningful to me, you know, when dates roll around and he's very tender, extra tender with me on those days, just because he knows, you know, it's probably going to be a challenging day for me. So that is extra special for friends to jot it down in your, in your phone, get it, put a notification. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. So let's talk about two. Um, you know, sometimes we are dealing with grief and we almost feel like we just have to keep going. Uh, I don't want to like, we get to pretend like we're happy. Our, like my kids would be like, what's going on? <laughs> like, What's happening? You know, um, how can we explain to other people, especially maybe family members, um, that we just need a little time today that they're not doing anything? Because I know sometimes we think we need to keep going when really we don't. We like we just need to back off and like have some time with Jesus. Yes. Away. So, is there a way if we are feeling extra burden that day to communicate that so we let people know that we need more time, we need more space? Yes, I absolutely love that because I was one to not communicate it, but it comes out sideways, anyways. Let's just put that nicely. It comes out sideways. <laughs> yes. And so now I'm I'm more apt to just um say I'm sad. Like I'll tell the kids too, you know, and my kids range in age from 17 to 7. So um and I homeschooled the littles, the younger mm-hmm. two. And it was actually 2020 when that was my first time crying in front of them. That mm-hmm. I, I allow myself to cry. I usually leave the room, but it was um my um, it was my sister, one of my sister's birthday that day. And I could not, mm-hmm. I could not go leave the room fast enough. And so I, I sat at my desk and cried and my five-year-old at the time came and was like, mom, what's wrong? And I told her, I was like, mommy is really sad today because my sister, Aunt Sharon, it's her birthday and I won't be able to ce- celebrate with her. So I kind of opened myself, but she was kind of giving me permission to grieve at the same time. And so, yeah. um, really that helped me to be like, okay, it's okay to just say the thing, just say I'm sad. And this is why, yeah. yeah. And so I'll need to, you know, um, just to let you know, this is what's going on with me today. And that's okay. I love that. Okay. The final thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is God. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, why did this happen? (laughs) You can't get past that. And yeah, um, it really 
we I read through the Bible chronologically with my podcast this year, and God is okay with our being sad. And David was sad and mad and confused a lot. There's a lot of people. Job had questions. Uh, what do we do with that? Because there's been times I grieved after we adopted kids, and it was really really hard. Like I'm like God, you knew. You knew they would yell at me like this. You knew they would try to slam my head in the door, like whatever. Yeah. Um, we adopted teenagers. It was hard. And I had grief that it wasn't the experience that I thought and that these kids I welcomed in, we had hard situations. And I'm yeah. like, mm, I, I love you, but I'm not going to talk to you for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course I came around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do with that? Those feelings of this is not fair. Things shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. Um. I know it happens to other people, but we're hurt in the moment. Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's such a good um, good topic to bring up because we we do, we we hurt. When we're hurting, you know, we're like, what can I do with this? But as you kind of mentioned and alluded to that, we can't just bring it to God. And that's the, the good, the awesome thing about it. And there's so many examples, as you mentioned, also in the Bible that shows us and even gives us some language if we don't have the language mm-hmm. to um, to say when we're feeling this way. And it is kind of it kind of comes through that lament. You know, we have a complaint against God like you. Why did you let this happen? And, you know, I'm learning and continuing to learn that, you know, um, I think there's a verse in Lamentations that said God doesn't bring, you know, grief upon us. So I'm learning these things. But as I continue to learn, um, it's awesome that God makes space for us to bring all of our questions, mm-hmm. curiosities and, and these things um, to him. And he's not moved by them. He continues yeah. to say, come here, daughter, come here, son. You know, yeah. this is this is where um, I can give you rest. This is where I can give you peace. This is where I can comfort you. Even when you have some chaotic things going on and you don't understand everything and you may never understand everything, you know, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, you know, um, and some things we have to put on the shelf and there's some things that God may reveal to us. And then it comes and boils down all to trusting him, a loving yeah. father. Yeah. And that kind of, that after months and months of me just like, mm, finally <laughs> I'm like, OK, I just have to trust you that you you can you will bring somehow good out yeah. of this. And we've already, we're already seeing some, you know, we're yeah. seeing this now years later, but it's hard. It makes me think of like, we think like if we do that, then God's going to be mad at us. Yes. We're going to like, and I, I read into the Bible. There's one of the Kings and I need to go back and look at his name, but um, he like was sacrificing his children before idols. He was like tearing Oof. down the temple. He was like burning false incense. He was like doing all these things. And when the, I think it was either the Syrians or the Babylonians, I didn't go back and, really studied the story, but he cried out to God and God was saying, I was just waiting for you to cry out to me. And God came down and rescued him. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, so we, it's okay if we are yes. a little upset. Yes. <laughs> God, is, God just wants to be near us. He's near. waiting for us to cry out to him. We can feel like we're doing things wrong and you know, it is out of our grief and out of our anger. But it's natural. He's yes. not surprised by it. Yes. He created us with the emotions and he's there to come to us. And I think that I don't know that has given me comfort in it mm-hmm. all, that he is still gonna want to lean close and be there even when I'm like, mm, you should not have let this happen. Absolutely. And we live in a broken and fallen world. Yeah. But yes. someday we'll have eternity yes. with no tears and yeah. <laughs> no pain and no heartache. Um but and I, I also they have to think of Jesus when Mary and Martha 
you know, lost Lazarus. Um, Mary, you know, came and said, why weren't you here sooner? You should have come. Yes. And he wept. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. Yeah. He knew what he can do, but still in his emotion, he wept with her. Yes. I don't know. I just love, I love Jesus so much. I just Me love too. that. He's it. so good. Yes. And he understands and he feels everything that we've ever felt. And um, he's the one who is most well acquainted with grief, you know, mm-hmm. the Bible says so. Man yeah. of sorrows. Yeah. Man of sorrows. He has yes. to deal with all us. Like, I all of us. That's <laughs> grief. That's just gonna- so he has to deal with all of us. Yeah. He knows what it is to give our, our issues. It's so true. Oh, well, Natasha, I am so thankful. Again, the book is Can You Just Sit With Me? For those on video, I'm holding it up. See the cover. It's beautiful. Um, but thank you for being here. And where can people go to connect with you? Yes, thank you so much. So you can connect with me everywhere across social at I'm Natasha Smith. So that's I am and then Natasha Smith. Okay. Um, and then my website is the same. I'm natashasmith.com. All right. Well, thank you for being here, friend. Thank you so much, Trisha. It's been amazing. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.